Welcome to the West Steps. We have our first repeat guest today. Hey, Beza. Hi, Riley. Um, Riley's going to talk us through what's been happening at the state capitol um, and give us some insights on uh, what's to come. So um, since we talked the last time, so much has happened. Yep. Can you walk us through, say, three highlights? Three highlights. So we're about like 36 days, 35 days into session. Month in, yes, a lot has already happened. Uh, we, for the children's campaign, first off, have had almost all of our priority bills introduced and moving through committees. So numerous bills from like different tax credits to maternal mortality bills to child care action plan bills are, uh, for the most part, gotten their first committee hearing and have been getting positive votes. We had a couple bills pass with unanimous support. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah, really it is. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of people working hard. So like our dental benefits bill, which is a bill to extend uh, you know, dental coverage to pregnant individuals, passed out of its first committee unanimously, uh, which is great. Our child care strategic action plan bill to address you know, the massive shortage of childcare throughout the state passed out of its first committee unanimously. And then our other bills, uh, even though we got a few no votes here and there, have all been with bipartisan support. Um, you know, none of our bills are falling on party lines or coming up against any really strong opposition. So I'd say that's a really good first highlight for us for the children's campaign. Uh, another big highlight, um, just this last week, the Joint Budget Committee, the folks that write our state budget, you know, they're in charge of $29 billion. Uh, insane. It's a lot of money, you know, <laughs> right? It grows but and grows. clearly not enough. Right. Clearly not enough money. Uh, they, for the first time, took public comment on the budget. So for like regular bills, for like our dental benefits bill. There's always a time for the public to come and testify and have their voice be heard and really actually participate in the civic process. But our budget has never really had that process. Uh, it's usually just the Joint Budget Committee, which is six members sitting across the street from the Capitol. Three Republican, three Democrat. Right? Uh, it used to be this year because the Democrats now have control of everything. It's four Democrats, two Republicans. Okay. Oh, yeah, but six members. Right. And they all work really hard together. But they've never taken public comment. Uh, it's always just been kind of a process that they've done themselves. And then the legislators get to weigh in. But the public doesn't really understand it. And last Monday, they allowed people to come in, testify, say what they wanted to see as priorities in the state budget, uh, which is really cool. And we yay for democracy. Yeah, yay for <laughs> democracy. Right. That's transparent government. So we <coughs> sorry, excuse me. There are a lot of parents who. Uh, came and testified in support of like full day kindergarten. Uh, we had folks there uh, testifying in support of uh, increased uh, contraception in LARC throughout our communities. We had child care support, child welfare support. Our own Sarah Hughes talked about the census and how big of a deal that needs to be in our state budget. Uh, so I say that was a pretty big highlight. I've never seen that done in, you know, in the five, six years I've been at the Capitol. Wow, that's very exciting. Yeah. He said one more. He said three. Sure. So I got to give you another big one. I think the uh, biggest one for us right now uh, is things have really gotten going on full day kindergarten. So the the governor has convened a coalition kindergarten now, and we are full full partners with the governor on this. Uh, and we've been tasked with a few pretty cool 
uh, responsibilities, I'd say. You know, we're in charge of helping manage the coalition. Uh, we have over 60 organizations signed up now to support kindergarten now. We are in charge of the data and research, which, you know, is really our bread and butter. We we do a great job of compiling and breaking down the data. And then uh, you and Tara and our team, we're you know, really working hard on the communication strategy. And hopefully we'll have a website up and running here soon. We'll have our fact sheet out there and really grow the support for this pretty cool initiative that's going to get done this year. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, so what are the things for the children's campaign that are that are yet to come in terms of policy priorities? Are there any big yeah. issues that you anticipate will come for at the next couple of weeks? Yeah. So it's like I said, for the most part, like our team did a great job of getting our ducks in a row early and we have great priorities. So a lot of our bills, um, our signature bills have been introduced and are moving. You know, we still need to see uh, – a uh, bill for full day kindergarten actually be introduced and move through the process. And hopefully that happens in the next couple of weeks, which will be really exciting to see a bipartisan bill uh, dropped. That is that is going to help a lot of kids. I'd say a few things for the for the children's campaigns and priorities coming up is, like I said earlier, is around the census. Um, the census is a big, big deal. And we need to do a great job of making sure that we have every person in the state of Colorado counted. And we know there's a lot of challenges to actually get that done. You know, for the children's campaign, those kids who are under the age of four or five are typically the hardest citizens to count in our census. Uh, They're, you know, the kids usually living in poverty, more transient situations, complex family situations. But there's other challenges with this census as well coming up. Um, You know, there's going to be challenges that it's an all electronic census where they're really encouraging folks to fill it out online. Uh, there's a lot of fear nationally with some citizen citizenship questions and other you know immigrant communities who are probably rightfully fearful of filling out the census. A lot of effort needs to be done to outreach those communities. So we're uh, really invested right now in making sure that we have adequate funding and good legislation to help our state do an accurate count because we know that there's political power on the line. There could be congressional seats on the line. And there's billions and billions of dollars on the line if we don't do this right. Those are those are big issues yes, to come. Yeah. When I say billions, I hope I hope it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a, it's a pretty big deal. Um, so one of the other things that are coming up is the budget process, and you mm-hmm. just talked a little bit about that about uh, the public hearing yeah. the uh, budget committee it just had. Can you walk us through what that process is like? It takes a few days. Definitely. Um, it's usually kind of pretty. Uh, kind of hectic. Yeah, a hectic. Lot of things, and yeah. It was also, if you don't know about it, you're unlikely to know about it. Right. So if you, uh, for the people who don't work in the in the state capital, can you walk us through what that's like? Yeah. And what the outcomes are. Yeah, for, definitely. For Colorado. So the state legislature is constitutionally required to do one thing each year and really one thing only. And that's pass a balanced budget. That's the one thing they have to do. They could really, they don't have to introduce any other bills, pass any other legislation. They need to get a budget passed that needs to be balanced. And so we call that budget the, the long bill. It's called the long appropriation bill. So uh, we heard the long bill. That's really just referring to the gigantic $29 billion budget that got passed. So, Every year, the governor will submit his budget request to the legislature, and he has an opportunity to amend his request throughout the time. But really, it's the J- the Joint Budget Committee, the JBC, and uh, the, the legislature to actually set the budget. 
And so how that process typically works is departments, uh, so Department of Human Services, Department of Healthcare Policy, Financing, Corrections, Public Safety, all of our state departments go before the Joint Budget Committee with certain requests for funding. And the Joint Budget Committee needs to vote yes or no on those requests. And so they're doing that now. That'll probably go for between now um, and the end of March. And that's when we talk about that they're really setting the budget. They're voting on the priorities they want to see in the budget. But they also have to compete with all different priorities and actually balance it, right? We can't overspend and we can't borrow money like the federal government does. We need to have a truly balanced budget. So they're doing that now. And then they write a gigantic bill, the long bill, which is the budget. So once those six members uh, finalize that, it then gets sent over and introduced as a regular piece of legislation, just like our dental benefits bill, just like our child care action plan bill. And it gets committee hearings and then it gets debated on the floor of both chambers. And at that time, the legislators can amend the budget how they see fit. They can say, oh, we want more money for child care and we want less money for corrections or we want more money for economic development in this region and we want less money for this other priority. And they really work to try to balance the budget to uh, put forward the priorities that they think are important for their constituents. Once that's done, it then uh, you know needs to be finalized by by both chambers. It needs to be agreed upon, and then it gets sent to the governor to be signed, just like any other law. Um, so the um, the state collects money, and yeah. that's the money that gets distributed in this long bill process, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's um, a few different types of things. We talk about it's money that's collected through, you know, just standard taxes, right? That would be, you know, property taxes, income taxes. Uh, That's typically our general fund dollars. We also have other funds that are more fee based, right? Fees that we collect on going into national parks or registering your car. Um, We can spend that money. And then we also have a lot of money from the federal government. So you think about like Medicaid, Medicare, Um, You know, some more of the benefits programs like TANF or SNAP, those are federal dollars uh, that we then have to figure out how to allocate to our counties in different cities. So for the most part, yeah, it's it's the money that we take in from the Colorado taxpayer. But there's a lot of different streams of money that that is really all on the table. You know, marijuana dollars are included in that really all on the table to be spent on different priorities. So does it matter where that money comes from or? Um... Yeah. Yeah, it does. So like typically like, so when I said like marijuana dollars, you know, they're in our law, there are, it, the list grows, but mm-hmm. there's like seven priorities that marijuana tax dollars can be used on, right? There's prevention, substance abuse prevention, education, law enforcement, um, you know, just general education, so sometimes monies are money is earmarked, right? It's designated to go to certain areas, but other times when it's like general fund dollars, just regular tax dollars, that those dollars are flexible enough to be used on schools or healthcare or roads and bridges. So when um the state legislator sets priorities after mm-hmm. the JBC sends them the long bill, 
what is the advocacy effort there? So do we get to tell the legislator or do other citizens yeah. t- tell the legislator how to best spend that money? Definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's something that hopefully, you know, we're engaging in now and we are, but other citizens should be engaging in now, right? Uh, telling your legislator, you know, your representative, your senator, what the priorities that you want to see in our state government and um, in our state budget. Most laws require money. If you want to get a new program, if you want to get a new service, you probably need to spend some money on that program. Uh, So we really encourage citizens to contact their legislators, contact the members of the JBC and let them know that you care about school funding, that you care about, you know, lower health care costs, that you care about the tremendous increase in the price for child care. Let your uh, representatives and members know that now And they can go and tell the members at the JBC that it's a priority. You should try to get it in the budget now. But they also have an opportunity to amend the budget to make sure that those priorities make it in there. Um, So when the bill does get delivered to the legislature, um, it is our opportunity to go in and really try to reemphasize the priorities that we want to see in there and what we think will help kids and families. Right. So um, once the bill is with the state legislator... Um, how how often do they m- amend bills that is almost in co- contradiction with the JBC, or is it normally they are aligned? Right. So you're saying like the JBC sets this budget, and like does the legislature just go with it and give them the thumbs up, or do they come up with their own right. priorities? Yeah. So uh, everyone has their priorities, right? There's a hundred legislators with probably a hundred different ideas on how to actually have state government run. So I think last year, uh, total amendments on the long bill or amendments to the budget was like 130 amendments were offered. Wow. There's like 70 in the House of Representatives and like 40 in the Senate. And so each one of those amendments says, I would rather spend money in this area versus this area. So I'd rather spend more money in education and less money on corrections. That's kind of uh, that's one that we kind of see consistently. But it could be for a number of different priorities. You know, there's always an amendment every year to bolster um, our state's film industry, right? We want to see if more people like Quentin Tarantino and other directors can come and shoot their movies here. (laughs) So there's always an effort every year to, like, put more money into film incentives to actually attract the big movies to come here because we know that that brings in revenue. But then that pulls money from another area of the budget. It's not just new money they have to play with. It always has to be balanced. So whenever you're pulling from one area of the budget, you need to balance it in another area. But like I said, over 130 amendments to be brought. Every year we either say it's going to be a crazy budget week or it's not. I think they're always crazy. Um, (laughs) I've never just had like a tame budget week. But I think this year we can expect, once again, there's a lot of legislators with a lot of priorities. Um, You know, Democrats are in there with certain policy mandates, you know, from from a pretty strong election. So they're going to want to see some priorities that they ran on actually funded. And and I think it'll be interesting when we actually see the budget. Do we have 150 amendments? Do we have 10? Uh, I think we can still anticipate quite a quite a few. Quite a few. And do each amendments get voted on or? Yeah, for the most part, you can always withdraw your amendment. But for the most part, it's it's an up or down vote on if if an amendment makes it onto the budget. Yeah. Every single one gets voted on. That's insane. Yeah. And this process usually takes about a week. Yeah, for the most part, like it's um, long bill week happens in both chambers. So they'll have long bill week in the 
Senate at first, uh, which will happen, I think, the week of March 25th. And then once it passes the Senate, it'll go over to the House to repeat the exact same process. So the the legislators will get to uh, take a close look at the budget. They'll get to debate internally within the Democrats and Republican different caucuses. Uh, they'll get to debate what amendments they want to see put on the budget. And then when we say amend the budget, that's typically a one very long day process. You know, typically starts around nine o'clock and can go all the way until 11 or midnight, uh, especially if there's 70 something amendments. I think we were there pretty late last last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then it gets voted on. So this will be setting the budget for the next year. Right. right. Yep. So we always uh, the our fiscal calendar is not the same as our regular just calendar. Right. So our typical calendar goes from January to December. We all know that. Uh, but in Colorado, our fiscal calendar, our state budget calendar is actually July 1 to July 1. So the, the new year sets uh, resets on July 1 this year. So when we're writing the budget, it would be the budget that starts July 1, 2019 and goes through July 1 of 2020. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's always, you know, we're always planning about a year, year ahead all the time, which is good. But it always kind of makes you feel like we're... We're still in 2019. Can we just yeah. focus on 2019? 2019 yeah. Why are we already focusing on 2020? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it seems like so much has happened and so much is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so what have what has been some of the big challenges and the big opportunities at the state capitol this year so far? Yeah, I think, you know, we had talked about it probably in our first podcast together. You know, Democrats now have that that quote unquote trifecta, right? They control the governor's office, the governor's mansion, the state uh, Senate and the state house of representatives. So they really do have the full power. I think one of the first challenges we identified is how far will Democrats go, right? Uh, will there be overreach? Uh, will there be uh, just massive partisanship instead of this bipartisan atmosphere that Coloradans want and expect? So far, I think that there has been a good, um, you know, theme of bipartisanship at the Capitol. There have been a few instances where Democrats and Republicans have really started to butt heads. And I bet you that probably amplifies as we get going. So I think one challenge is, you know, do both parties resist the call for increased partisanship or do they start to really keep on working across the aisle, knowing that there's a lot of really fun things and great things like full day kindergarten that are on the table I think another um, big challenge is we just talked about the budget, right? We have a, a finite pie of resources in our state. We only have so many dollars that we can spend on priorities. Yet we know there are priorities across every sector. There's priorities in oil and gas. There's priorities in health care. There's priorities in local governments. There's priorities in education. We know all that. But there's only so many dollars at the end of the day. So not everything can get funded at the levels that we'd all like to see them get funded. So when the legislature sets the budget, they're going to have to make some tough choices. They're going to have to say, we're going to put so many dollars into this. We wish we could have put $100 million into uh, education, but maybe we only can put X amount. That's going to have to be a conversation they're going to have. And it's going to be a challenge moving forward. Um, I think it's also really interesting how the legislature and our new governor are interacting, right? Uh, we have a governor that's probably a little more hands-on with the legislature than we have seen in the past, which is really great. He's very, really trying to drive policy. 
from where we're sitting, I think the legislators and the governor are still trying to navigate each other. How do they interact? When should they when should they weigh in? How should they weigh in? How forceful should they all be? That relationships, I think, are going to be great for years to come, but it still comes with this challenges to figure out now. That's very exciting. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for making the time for of us and explaining what's been happening at I'm the trying. state capitol. <laughs> Hope it all made sense. <laughs> I think it did. Uh, we'll have you back very soon. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on social media and reach out, reach out to us if you have any questions. And we will talk to you again soon. Sounds Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Beza.